Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we've all heard about NVIDIA. It just crushes earnings. It was up huge yesterday after hours today. I think it's up 15, 20%. It's going straight to the moon. My goodness gracious. You better get on board the AI train because this thing is going straight up. Everyone's going to get rich because we know that AI is going to completely change the world. But we have to ask, we, we know that this is in a bubble. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but we could be at the very beginning stages of a bubble. Let's remember back in the dot-com bust, it didn't go bust until 2000, 2001. Think about how much money was made or think about how much stocks went up between 1995 and 2000, right? Just because you're in a bubble, it doesn't mean that the prices are going to go down tomorrow. No, absolutely not. Things can stay in a bubble for a long, long time. But when I talk about a bust, the AI bust, like I mentioned in the title, I'm not just talking about the share prices of the individual companies. I'm talking about something that's far more important. In fact, two things that are much more important than just the share price of NVIDIA. So we're going to go over three specific topics today. First and foremost, let's go over a video I found going all the way back to the 2000s. It's pretty cool. So we're going to watch a couple clips from this, and then we're going to go over to the other two things that really nobody's talking about right now that I think are even more important. And I think will play an even bigger role in this AI bust so to speak, of guidelines that monitor corporate behavior and tend to be more flexible at a time of, of uh, excess. And it- so th- this is a dot-com bubble Wall Street documentary on YouTube. And uh, this gentleman is saying, in times of excess, what you see are the rules and regulations that apply to corporations They seem to be a little more lax. So first, you have to ask yourself, well, is that the case today? Now, I know a lot of you are going to push back and say, George, this is nothing like the dot-com. Are you, what? Are you crazy? All these companies, they didn't even have revenue, let alone profit. And NVIDIA, they're making billions of dollars. Uh, you're, You're missing the point. The point is, whenever we see a bubble, I mean, look, we had a massive bubble in housing and That didn't mean that people weren't collecting rents for the houses, right? A lot of those properties were cash flow positive. It doesn't mean that things aren't in a bubble, right? What we have to look for is the specific narrative. What is the narrative now compared to what the narrative was back then? And then we can determine the probabilities of us being in a bubble, even though we're probably only in inning let's say two or three. It feeds upon itself. This was generally a good day for investors. Just a couple of years ago, Americans sat mesmerized as the investment bank's stock analysts went on television and touted stock after stock after stock. AOL, Yahoo, Amazon. Bitcoin has really created a very strong brand awareness. It was Wall Street's version of a telethon. Com shot up today. We're on track. It looks like you hit a billion shares today. The internet stocks drove a powerful surge in Wall Street today. The Dow- at the heart of it was the mad scramble by bankers and venture capitalists to take hundreds of unprofitable young internet companies public. Um, but I think the long-term opportunity really is to be the customer interface to your doorstep. Some say the internet is so revolutionary that the usual rules for valuing a stock, such as revenues and earnings, no longer apply. Hmm. Boy. Josh, did you hear that? 
Some say that the internet is so revolutionary that the current measurements of valuations just just do not apply. <laughs> it's, it's just, what's crazy is the way that we're hardwired as human beings. We fall for this over, and, and it never changes. It's never different this time. It's always the same. And every single time we fall for it, it's it's just like that 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 rat that, that goes back to the the cheese, even though he gets shocked every single time that he does. He's he's going back and back and back. He can't help himself. Or you know maybe it's better a better example would be that rat that's going to get the the hit of dopamine, or the you know the 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 hit of cocaine, or he just keeps going back and back and back and back until he just kills himself. He can't help it. It's just what we see time and time again. Unbelievable. And what's weird is the narrative, the narrative literally is identical. Like you would think it changes a little, like evolves slightly. No, it's the same stuff that we've been seeing, seeing since tulips. Over and over again, scenes like this one would play out at the dot coms on the day their company's stock went public. Employees would watch the value of their stock options soar. Making paper millionaires out of many of them. Between 1990 and mid-2000, more than 4,700 new companies debuted on America's stock exchanges. I mean, you know what this is exactly like is crypto. Identical. I mean, I could tell you so many stories about people that I actually met face-to-face at conferences in, say, 2021 that were, I mean, paper multi-millionaires because they just bought this crypto, parlayed it into that crypto, parlayed it into this crypto. And I would tell them, I would say, you know, maybe you want to take a little off the table and buy like a hard asset or something. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'd miss out on all those gains. Now it happens. You know, all these guys are, are bust outside of the guys that uh, went into Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that. But most of the people back in 2021 were just taking flyers on like Dogecoin and whatnot. And what's weird is these these bubbles and these manias, we seem to have them a lot more frequently than we did in the past. The conclusion that we came to, rightly or wrongly so, was that the internet was going to fundamentally change the way business was run. Uh, yeah, that nobody is saying that about AI right now. Across the board, in every sector of, of, of business. Everybody thought they could get rich quick. Everybody across from retail investor to investment bank. We had this period where money was growing on trees, which is totally cool while it's going on. We're now up to 34, the uh, daily volume, 3.7 million shares. We are almost. A- so I think you get it with this. I don't want to beat a dead horse. And uh, again, I know, I know in the comments, the pushback that I'm going to get is this time it's different. Uh, this time it's different. Oh, George, this time it's different. NVIDIA has earnings, they have profit, their their PE ratio is only 80 or whatever, you know, and pets.com, it was 6,000. You cannot compare the two. I'm not comparing the earnings or whatever. I'm comparing the narrative and just wait. In fact, if I was a trader, I probably would buy into this stuff knowing that it is a bubble. And I you know, I need to get back to St. Bart's because I've got a hunch that some of my my buddies like Steve, the hedge fund managers in St. Bart's are probably just fully loaded on this stuff, understanding that it's a bubble, but they're going to ride it all the way up just like they always do. 
And they're the ones that get out early. And the, usually the retail investors are the ones that end up holding the bag. So I'm, I'm not saying that this is inning nine or, or this is inning you know, uh, seven or eight here or inning nine. I, what I am saying is that this will likely be a bubble. We're probably starting it right now. Who knows what inning we're in? Probably two, three, four, something like that. But the narrative is identical. So now let's switch it up, go to a screen share. Actually, you know, it's really interesting. I went over this in a video the other day with my good buddy, Chris McIntosh, but just kind of another piece of evidence that shows you how outrageous this is, is you look at the market cap of Microsoft at 3.1 trillion and the market cap of the entire S&P energy sector is 1.6 trillion. Did I say billion? I meant trillion. 3.1 trillion, 1.6 trillion. But yet the annual free cash flow of the energy sector is 135 billion compared to Microsoft at 67. So it's true. Yes, 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 absolutely. These companies are making money, but that doesn't mean that the valuation is somehow justified. Big difference, right? Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now let's move on. And for this, I want to give a huge shout out to my buddies over at Valuetainment. I got this chart by uh, after watching one of their videos. So thank you very much, guys over there. Adam, Pat, appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Which U.S. workers are more exposed to AI on their jobs? Meaning which type of worker or what are the demographic profiles of the individuals that will most likely lose their job because of AI. Because just like the internet, there's no doubt that it's revolutionary. I mean, nobody's disputing that. But just because something's revolutionary, it doesn't mean that it's not in a bubble, nor does it mean that it's not going to create some sort of bust. And that bust might not even be in the NASDAQ. It might be in the real economy. And this is what I don't think anybody is really thinking through thoroughly. Look at this chart. Let's see if I can zoom in. This is from Pew Research. What shares of workers are most exposed to AI in their jobs? So overall, and, the, and this is as of, uh, as, as of 2022, I'll bet you now with what we're seeing with the video and everything else, these numbers would be way higher, much, much higher. So all workers, Pew figured that 19% of them were in jeopardy of potentially losing their job or having their hours cut or, you know, that AI would fill a lot of those roles for the people 
that um, you know we're sitting there editing or doing uh, radiology or something like that. So with men, they figured it would impact 17%, women 21%, whites 20, blacks 15, Hispanics 13. It's it's what's crazy is that this is the inverse of pretty much what we have seen in the past, where usually it's the poor and middle class, the uneducated that get shafted. And here it's going to be the complete opposite. Look at this. So blacks, which usually you know, kind of get the short end of the sick in this stuff. Um, they're not doing too bad. Look at the Asians. They're the ones that usually do the best. 24%. And look at this stat. This completely blew my mind. So if you have a high school degree or less, those jobs, probably 3% will be potentially negatively impacted by AI. Or they might lose their job. 3%. So 97% of the people out there that have jobs but have less than a high school diploma, so their job probably didn't require a lot of, uh, a, a lot of uh, well, I shouldn't say skill. That's not the right word because their jobs probably require a lot of skill. I mean, if you look at a plumber or an electrician, th those people are incredibly skilled. It's just a different type of skill, right? They didn't require any... Uh, let's say technological skill. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. So these people are good to go. That very few of these people will be impacted negatively. High school grad, 12%. Some college, 19%. Bachelor's degree plus, almost 30% will be negatively impacted by AI. And again, this was from 2022. What do you think it is now? So uh, let's just keep moving forward with this thought experiment. Let's just say for a moment, that this eliminates 20% of the jobs of people out there with a college degree. First of all, here's your $100,000 in student loan debt. Thanks for coming. Not only do you have this student loan debt, but now you're completely out of a job because your employer hired a robot to do it. So, oh, and by the way, you can't charge off that debt in bankruptcy. So you'll go ahead and pay that back for the rest of your life as you try to figure out how to become a plumber. You know, what's interesting is the opposite of that meme. Remember that was going around the internet when everyone was losing their job? Uh, what was it? Learn to code, right? Oh, learn to code. Oh, you're losing your, your plumbing job? Learn to code. Now it's the opposite. Now it's learn to use a hammer, learn to use a wrench, <laughs> learn, learn, to figure, learn to get a job that's going to break your back. But there's a lot more here. So first of all, we have to think through how this just eradicates not only jobs, but very high paying jobs. So what does that do to the economy? I mean, let's just assume for a moment that 20% of people with bachelor's degrees or higher within the next five years lose their job. Now, sure, some of them will flip burgers at McDonald's. Some of them will be able to get a job as a, an, an electrician after maybe six months of, of schooling. Maybe some of them will be uh, truckers until that becomes automated. And then they've got to go right back to the drawing board. But they're not going to be making the same amount that they were making before, most likely. So what does that do to overall spending in the economy? And by the way, what does that do to their debt service? You know, a lot of these people out there with... Uh, bachelor's degree, master's degree, you know, maybe they're psychologists, maybe they're lawyers, they're doing these white collar jobs. You know, they're the ones with the most debt. Now, right now, that's not a problem because they're making a lot of money. They're making 200 grand a year. But what happens when your, your debt service is $5,000 a month 
with your mortgage and everything else that you've got. And you go from making 20 grand a month down to four grand a month. That math doesn't work. And then you've got to ask yourself, okay, how does that impact the, the bank's balance sheets? How does this impact the real estate market? That's a question that nobody's asking, right? You think that homes are unaffordable right now. Talk to me when, even if interest rates stay the same or go slightly lower, talk to me about the affordability of a house when you go from making 200 grand a year down to 50 grand a year. That was the second pillar of what I wanted to talk about. Now, here is the third as far as how this could create a bust, not just in the stock market, but maybe in the real economy. And, and when I heard, I first heard this concept on forward guidance with Jack Farley. I can't remember the gentleman he was talking to. It was an oil energy expert. And they started talking about AI. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. I, I haven't really connected the two. But he said, what you have to look at is the energy use from artificial intelligence. If this is the direction that we're headed, and you know, look, this this genie's out of the bottle. You're you're not going to put her back in. So you have to assume that this is the future. Well, then that means the future is so unbelievably energy intensive, it boggles the mind. And there is no way we are prepared for this right now. Absolutely no chance. And I had never connected these dots. So Jack, thanks a lot, buddy, for that podcast episode. It was fantastic. But I pulled up an article that pretty much summarizes what Jack was talking about with this energy expert right here. NVIDIA's H100 GPUs will consume more power than some countries. I didn't say counties. I said countries. Each GPU consumes 700 what I, watts. I, I don't know what the W is of power 3.5 million are expected to be sold in the coming year. So this is not the energy use that we should expect to see over the next decade. This is over the next year. Assuming, you know, if you're one of those people that say, oh my gosh, George, you're crazy. These AI stocks, they're cheap. They're nothing like the dot-com stocks. Okay, great. Fantastic. Let's assume that's true. Well, what we all agree on is that AI is the future, just like the internet was the future back in the 1990s. So if all these companies like the NVIDIAs continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger, make more money, sell more and more and more, their top line goes up, the demand for their product goes up, then this is going to quite literally create an energy crisis to the likes we have never, ever seen. Let me keep going. So Paul Chernick, the principal electrical engineer of data center technical governance governance and strategy at Microsoft, sounds like he knows what he's talking about, believes that NVIDIA's H100 GPUs will consume more power than all of the households in Phoenix, Arizona by the end of 2024, when millions of these GPUs are deployed. Now, I, I looked for a counter argument quickly prior to doing the video, and NVIDIA came out and said, oh, 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 oh. And what I, I kind of just read a quick summary, but what I gather is their position is, look, these GPUs, when you compare apples to apples, are, are more energy efficient than the, the CPUs, the computers, I guess, that people are using right now. But I think what they're doing there is they're, they're getting cute with the numbers. So these things are far more powerful, way more powerful, right? 
And so if you just, if you had a GPU with the same amount of power, then yes, it might use less electricity. But if you just compare one GPU to one CPU, then assuming that this is going to be utilized to that capacity, which obviously it will, or why would you buy it in the first place? That's when you come to these just mind-boggling numbers. They say to put the number into context, approximately 13,000 GWH gigawatt hours, maybe, is the annual power consumption of some countries like Georgia, Lithuania, or Guatemala. And they're saying that's the estimated power consumption of the GPUs that are expected to be sold just in 2024. (laughs) Wow. Just in 2024. Think about the level of internet usage back in 19, let's say 98. Like for, for the young folks like Josh, they don't remember this, but I remember it like it was yesterday. What did you use the internet for back then? Remember? It was just basically you you could get some cool music from Napster, <laughs> some illegal downloads, and then you could like go in a chat room back and forth. And you you know you had some email, and if you needed to, but you didn't use it like twelve hours a day like you use it now when you consider social media and everything else that we do in our daily lives. So let's just think about this. Assuming that AI grows at the same rate as the internet, then if they're selling, uh, what, what, how, however many, how many, uh, I forgot how many they're expected to sell in 2024, but they'll sell 10x whatever they're selling in 2024 by let's just say 2028. And if that's at some point, there's just they can't sell anymore because there's just not enough energy on the planet Earth, right? Uh, to and, and I understand that that. I'm not saying it suck up all the power on earth, but you've only got marginal availability or capacity, right? It, at, at a certain, let's just say we have a hundred percent of energy use. Okay. You might be able to, there might be some wiggle room there with two or 3%, but there isn't wiggle room with 10% until you start taking energy away from other things like, I don't know, running the economy. I mean, maybe this is what the global elite are looking for when they just want to divert all energy use into virtual reality and AI and away from the real world. I mean, this is some scary stuff on so many different levels. The main point that I'm trying to get across is, yes, we might have a massive bubble in AI. We need to be cognizant of that. But there's also... a a bust that we could see in the real economy in the form of not just employment, but the employment at the upper end with all these people that have bachelor's, master's, PhDs. And those are the people that spend the most money. So how does that impact an economy with 70% consumption? How does that impact the banks when these people, there's no way those people will be able to service their debt loads, no chance. And then the final question is how does that impact the economy from a standpoint of just astronomical levels of energy use. And we know that energy is the economy. So if we're not able to keep up with this uh, energy expansion from what the uh, NVIDIAs of the world are consuming with AI, that's going to have to come from somewhere. And that's most likely going to pull away from other areas where we would experience economic growth and at the end of the day, that could actually make us a lot poorer 
even though there's this huge advancement in in the form of artificial intelligence. They're really, really crazy stuff. Fascinating, for sure. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. Josh, you got the promo queued? I do. I just need to find it really quickly. Okay, uh, we'll have to do it on the next video. Josh is slacking. Jeez. Well, Josh is I, I have it. Josh I, with I, AI. How do I do I that? AI, <laughs> replace Josh really quick for me. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. We'll see you in the next video.